you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. If you got your Bibles with you, who has your Bibles? Hey Amen. How many of you know this is a Bible church? All right? We study the Word of God. We get into the Word of God. So, so I would encourage you, if you don't have them, even we Grab your Bibles and bring them to church so you can so you can see the word for yourself, amen. You can mark up in your Bible. How many of y'all know that that a Bible that can't be marked in, man, that's that's too that's probably too precious for me, amen. I think we ought to have a Bible that you can write and write notes in when the Holy Spirit's telling you something, you can jot notes in it. I mean, I mean, I, lo- I love my Bible here and I got a brand new one just like it. And I got it about, I say about a year or so ago and I still can't, I still can't move over to use it because this one has so many good notes in it and so many things that the Holy Ghost began to speak to me. I just, I don't want to give it up. Amen. And see that we ought to cherish the word. We ought to cherish him. Why? Because how many of y'all know the word of God is Jesus? Amen. Not like we said before, it's not not the ink on this page. It's not the, the paper itself, but it is his words. Amen. He is the word. He is he is the spoken word of God, amen, and glory to God. We ought to, we ought to cherish these things, amen, and get, and get hooked up with it. So we're going to go. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 3 today. And this is going to be, I'd say, more like a, a wee Bible study, if you will. We're just going to go line upon line, precept upon precept. And, and you know, i got a couple chapters here I'd probably like to get into. That's probably not going to happen, amen. But we are just going to go line on line and see, and see what, how the Lord ministers to us today out of this chapter. Because this is a powerful chapter. Now, now, as I'm saying that, you might say, well, listen, this isn't, that really isn't too different than what we normally do here. But I just prepare you. There's, there's a lot of verses, amen, that I desire to go through. So that's why I say more like a Bible study, amen. But, but we'll just see how much we get into. But we're going to be in, we're going to pick up here in Hebrews chapter three, which Hebrews is probably one of my favorite, one of my favorite books out of, out of many others. You know, I, I love the book of Hebrews. It's a powerful book. And, and, and here are the author. How many of y'all know who the author of Hebrews is? It's the Holy Spirit, right? It's the Holy Spirit. Now, he spoke through, most people would say Paul. Some say Barnabas. You know, it can, you can kind of flip the coin on it. I'm, I'm personally, I agree with Carolina there, I believe. It, it's, it's Paul myself. But, but it is the words of the Holy Spirit being spoken through the man. How many of y'all know the word is inspired by God? It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, in this chapter, it begins off, it starts talking about the superiority of Christ to Moses, that, that Jesus is superior that he's exalted, that he is over even Moses. How many of y'all know that, that there is nothing that is more exalted than Jesus? Amen. There is no man that's been exalted and more exalted than Jesus. There is no person, there is no minister, there is no prophet that is higher than Jesus himself. I'll tell you, listen, Jesus is superior to the old covenant. I mean, he's superior to your old way of thinking. I mean, he's superior about your, to your old way of living. He is superior to anything that man would, can come up with. You say, why is that? Because Jesus is God. <laughs> I mean, th- this is the truth. The sheer truth of the matter is Jesus is God himself. Amen. He is the fullness of the Godhead. Amen. He is, he is Jesus. I mean, you know, Jesus is perfect theology. You want to study God? You want to study the Father? Listen, you go to Jesus and you find out what the word has to say about the Father. Jesus is the perfect expression of God. He is the perfect blueprint of God. He is exactly what the father thinks about himself. It's expressed in Jesus. 
Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is God. Amen. He, he is the perfect expression of what the Father says about himself. Amen. He is beautiful. His name is Jesus. If you have a question who the Father is, listen, church, I'm going to tell you, you know what you need to do? You need to go to the Word. I mean, if you, if you never, if you don't know who the Father is, listen, go to the Word and you're going to find out who, who the Father is. You, you want to you you know who God is, listen, go face to get face to face. Come into an encounter with Jesus and you'll find out exactly who he was. Isn't this what, what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 14, uh, somewhere around verse 9, somewhere in that area? What happened? The, you know, the disciples are talking about it and, and, and Philip piped up and he said, hey, listen, Lord, all you got to do is just show us the Father. Just show us the Father, and everything's going to be fine. Every, that will suffice. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, he said, Philip, have I been this long with you? See, I think Jesus is still saying this to the church nowadays. Have I been this long with the church? Have I been 2,000 years with the church, and you still don't recognize that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That if you've seen me, that you have seen the Father. Amen. Listen, church, when we begin to build up and secure the foundation or the integrity of the foundation of who actually Jesus is according to his word, not according to a pastor, not, not according to your favorite teacher or preacher on YouTube, not, not your favorite podcast you know, uh, personality. No, when, when we find out and secure that foundation of who Jesus is according to his word, what Jesus spoke about himself, what the Holy Spirit spoke about himself, listen, church, this is where you're going you're, you're gonna, to you're gonna find some good things start to happen. You say, what is that? You're going to find that you'll begin to trust him. Amen. And see, when you begin to trust him, Lord, this is when his promises get opened up to flow through you. You've removed that blockade. You remove the thing that's stopping his, his promises and his anointing to flow through you. It's all with our trust. See, a lot of us are like, well, I wonder why God just won't move. Why won't God do that through me? Why won't God do it? Listen, it's because we don't trust. Amen. Our trust, our faith and trust in him is what, it, it puts up a barricade where he can't flow through you. Amen. We are a vessel for him to flow through. Amen. Not, not a dam to, to dam him up. Amen. We got we to allow him to flow through us. Amen. So listen here. Let me, let me get to what we're talking about here. So he's talking about the superiority of Christ. I'm telling, I, I, love, I love that. And in verse 3 he says, For this man, talking about Jesus, this man Jesus was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house has more honor than the house. For every house builded is by some man, but, but he that built all things is God. Amen. I love this. Jesus, you know, the, the Lord speaking through the author here starts to summarize his superiority, talking about, you know, what we should actually be honoring here. I mean, he likens it to a house. He says, listen, he says the, the house, a beautiful house, it, that's not what you give the glory to. You got to give it to its maker. You know, Kimberly and I, we, we love architecture. We love, we love houses. We, we've lived in some amazing houses that have had some great architecture in them. And when we get into those places and you look at them, we, we start looking at all the different facets of, of how the, the outside facade and the inside and the different shape. Is it mid-century, mid-century modern or is it Victorian? What, what, whatever it may be, we begin to examine these things. But you know what we don't do? We don't begin to worship the house. We don't begin to give all the glory to the house and like, whoa, let's, let's, let's honor the house. No, you don't honor the house. You honor the person that built the house. You honor the architect, the, the creator behind it, right? But see, the problem with many of us is we, we only can honor what we see. Amen. So we begin to 
make idols of material things because we can see the material things instead of, instead of honoring and giving respect and honor to what? To the creator of these things. See, it's like we just got through with Christmas, right? We just got through with Christmas. Now, you could say in the natural, that how this looks in the natural is, is pretty simple. Um, it's like a kid, one, one, of these, one of these wins in here that say they wanted to, to get an Xbox for Christmas or something, something of that nature, right? It's like they, they've been asking, they've been asking, they come to mom and dad, they've been, they've been asking, they've been asking, they've been asking. Then on Christmas Day, they open it up and then they spend the next week, you know, their eyes open wide open because they, they can't do anything except play this Xbox. And then what happens? They begin to worship. They begin to give glory. They begin to think so highly of this Xbox. They, they begin to, to push and they, they don't give any value to the ones that gave it to them. They start showing disrespect to their parents because, oh, I'll play it as long as I want to because this, this, this is where my honor, this is where my focus is, not, not, not to the one that gave it to them, right? You could say in the, the spiritual sense, in the spiritual sense, it's like, it's like a minister in the church that has, you know, the, the anointing of God flowing through him, the gifts of God flowing through him, and people begin to come to that, to that man or that woman of God, and they begin to worship, they begin to idolize, they begin to give all the glory to the, to the man or the woman that has the gifts flowing through them instead of the one that gave the gifts, instead of the one that has the gifts that's flowing through them. Does that make sense? Amen. So we, we can't get to that place where we're worshiping the thing. We've got to worship the creator of these things. Amen. Listen, listen, in, in, both, in both senses of this, listen, whether it's a gaming system, whether it's a, whether it's a man, whether it's a leader, listen, they become an idol in our lives. And we cannot, we can't, we can't allow anything to become an idol. We need to idolize, right, the, the, the creator of these things. Listen, I honor, I honor men and women of God. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a per, I'm a man of honor, right? So I, I honor the spiritual leaders and I honor the men and women that God placed in my life. But listen, I will never, as much as I honor them, I would never exalt them above the God that gave them to me, right? Now, we ought to be showing honor, I mean, see, that, that, that message of honor could really be taught in this land. I mean, because it's a land that lacks honor, right? But see, we can never get to that place where we honor something more than we honor him. Why, well, he is the giver of those things. See, this reminds me of a, of a minister. I, you know, I remember years back when I was in the States, I was, I, was, I, was watching a, I was watching Christian TV or I was watching something or other, and there was a guy that uh, he has a huge church, a big mega church, and he's well-known, a well-known man, and, and his church was coming to honor this guy, right? And they put a big throne, a gold throne, upon the, upon the altar, upon the, the stage, if you will. I don't like that name, stage, in a church. But on the altar, they put this big, and then they, they, they guided him, grabbed him by the hand, and then they placed him in that throne. And I was like, what is this? You know, and I already, something was darting off on the inside of me, like, man, something's not right here, you know? And then they didn't stop there. I mean, then they proceeded to, to get, you know, four or five big men like Adrian around him, pick up, and they picked up this, this throne and began to march him around the sanctuary, you know, letting everyone give their glory, you know, to the man of God. He became an idol. I mean, this happened just a few short years before he ended up passing away young. Why? Because he never should have received those things. Listen, church, he allowed himself to get, to, to, to have the church posture, put him in that posture of, of idolizing him or making someone into a God in their lives, amen, which is terrible. You say, why, why am I even getting to this? Because this is exactly what was happening in the days of the word of God. 
See, they, when Moses came on the scene, and even after Moses came on the scene, even to where Jesus, listen, Moses became an idol, amen, to these people. Amen. Moses, it was all about Moses. Moses was the man. They begin to worship the, the, and value the, the man that God was leading through instead of worshiping the one that empowered that man. Who was the one that empowered his man? That man's name is Jesus. Hmm? His name is Jesus. You say, well, why do you say that? Well, listen, if you go into the book of Jude, you'll find out that, that what happened, you know, it says that, the, that Satan was trying to take this body, amen, and even the archangel Michael came back and he rebuked him. He said, no, you can't, you can't, you can't say, he says, the Lord rebukes you, is actually what he said to him. Amen. Now, why would Satan want that body? Well, the Bible doesn't tell us, but, we, but we'd have to assume, amen, that he was going to do what? He was going to somehow promote it to where I'm telling you, even to this day, if, the, if those Israelites had that body of Moses, he'd be a relic, amen, that people would be going to worship. You know, when, when we went to go adopt Lucy, amen, in China, we went to Tiananmen Square, right? Tiananmen Square, and this is where they had a big massacre of people there. And we were sitting there, and it was the weirdest thing because like no one was in this area while we were sitting there wanting to look at this look at this historical place and and all of a sudden we're like in a, a line here a queue I guess that was like ten feet wide and we're the only ones pretty much standing in the line or in the queue and then and then all of a sudden you know when whatever time it was this whole thing got packed I mean I'm, I'm not, I say packed I mean there wasn't just a queue I mean there was you know people ten feet wide side to side or on my chest and on and on my backside I mean I was like oh my lord what happened to personal space here, you know? And it's a, so we're sitting there looking and we Kimberly, I kind of got a kick out of it. So she was going to take a picture, you know, like, like, you know, people in the States are not going to believe this. So she went to take a picture. It was the funniest thing. All those sweet little Chinese people, they all looked up and started waving and smiling in the camera. I mean, such, such sweet people. But why were these people all in the queue there? You know what they're in the queue there for? They're going to see Mao, right? The, one of the, uh, uh, what would, what would be his title there? What was his title? Huh? Dictator, it was, that'd probably be a good one. Yeah, but they're, they're going to see Mao for what? Because he's the one that brought communism in, into that nation. And so all the people, what do they do? They make their rounds. They make their rounds. I'm talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of people begin to gather just that one day that we were there. Why? Just so they can go see this one man. This one man. I mean, he became an idol. I mean, how many of y'all know that Satan, all he wants to do is get something in the place that it can steal your, the glory and the worship of God? It doesn't matter if it's a man. It doesn't matter if it's a woman. It doesn't matter if it's Satan himself. All he wants to do is direct glory away from God. Hmm? And it's our job not to do it. <laughs> Amen? And this is, this is what Paul is talking about here. He says so in verse he says in verse 4, For every house is built by some man, but he built all things as God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. He says, But Christ, but Christ as a son over his house, whose house we are, whose house we're a part of, if we behold or if we hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm until the end. Now, th this is a pretty interesting word here because now he, he makes a liken to Moses being a servant of God, but Jesus being the son. Now, how many of y'all know this son is not talking about a wee kid? 
Amen. This word for son here is weos. Amen. What does that mean? It means a mature son. Amen. So he's saying Jesus, he is the mature son, not just a mature son that's hit puberty. No, this is a mature son that can act on behalf of the father. He can run the estate. He can run the household. He can run the kingdom. This is, this is who he's likening Jesus to. He is, he is the son. He is the weos over his own house can take part of, to everything, not, not just a servant of it. No, no, he is the son over the whole house. In verse, in verse 7, it says, wherefore, hallelujah, it says, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation and the day of the temptation in the wilderness. I, I, I love this. It says, today. How many of you know that you can hear God's voice today? How many of you know that you can hear the voice of Jesus? You can hear it today. How many of you know that you can hear the voice of Holy Spirit? You can hear these things today. Now, listen, I know there's a lot of teaching out there. There's a lot of teachings in the, in the denominational worlds that, that have gotten to this place to say, listen, God doesn't speak today. I mean, he zipped his lips because he has the fullness of his word. And listen, we do have the fullness of his word. Amen. I partly agree with that. But listen, it doesn't mean that God stopped speaking just because we have the fullness of his word. Amen. See, listen, church, if, if, uh, if, if, we, if we desire, I mean, if we, de if we, if we desire to, to hear from God, listen, you're going to have to get in his word. You're going to have to begin to interact with his word. This will open up the door to where you can actually hear from him. You can recognize when he speaks to you. You can recognize if it's something outside of the word of God, it's not God speaking to you. It's not Holy Spirit speaking to you. It's not Jesus speaking to you. But you're going to have to get in. You're going to have to begin to interact with his word. See, so many people, they come and say, oh, man, you talk about God speaking to you. You, you talk about all these things. Well, well, God doesn't speak to me. I can't hear him. I say, well, are you in the word of God? Well, not really. Well, that's your problem. We, we, we got to fall in love with his word. This is Jesus. This is Jesus' word. This is the word of the living God. If we don't love this, if we don't have honor for his word, how do we have honor for him? Hmm? How can we recognize him if we don't know who he is through his word? Oh, come on, church. His word is important. I mean, his word's important, I said. Amen. But see, according to his word, if you'll dig into the word, you'll find out that God, he'll actually speak to you in prayer. Amen? He said, he'll answer your prayers. He'll answer these things. If we, if we pray anything according to his will. What is his will? His word. Hmm? If we pray anything, he'll start answering you in prayers. He, he'll start speaking to you in prophetic words. He'll start speaking to you with tongues and interpretations of tongues. He'll start speaking to you. Why? Because he desires to hear from you. He desires to whisper things into your spirit by the still small voice. He desires for you to hear the authoritative voice of the spirit. He desires to lead you by the leading of his spirit. This, this, this is our God. Why? Because our God is relational. He hasn't stopped talking, church. He's a relational God. He wants relationship. He wants communion. He wants to speak with you. He's not a distant God. Listen, church, you're not a puppet on a string. You're not a puppet on a string. You're a son. You're his daughter. You're his beloved. You're his lover. He's not going to stop talking to you, but we got to posture ourselves so we can hear from him. 
to where we can hear from him. Listen, if you're, if you're having a hard time hearing from him, listen, you can, you can take something from, the, from this verse right here. It says, harden not your hearts. That's, that's one answer. You know, why can't I hear from God? You probably have a hard heart that you need to allow God to begin to massage those things out of you. Why? Because a callous and offended heart Amen. Well, come to, the, come to the word of God, not to read and study the word of God at it for communion and fellowship with him. He'll do it out of obligation. Amen. And if you're not doing it for communion, if you're not doing it to, to have Jesus revealed unto you, listen, church, you're not going to receive anything from it. Hmm? You won't receive anything from it. He says, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation, in the, in the day of the temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and they saw my works for 40 years. He says, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. What is the day of provocation? What, 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 what is this day? Because it speaks about it quite a bit in the word. What, what is he talking about here? He's talking about where the Israelites refused to trust God where they refused to hear his word. They refused to take his direction. Amen. They refused it. They refused it. They were in the provocation. Amen. They, they began to look at a path that the Lord was leading them down to, and they made the decision out of their own opinions that this is just a little bit too difficult. I don't think I'm going that direction anymore. Hmm? They began to look into a land and say, you know what? No, we can't defeat them. I know, Lord, you, 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 you led us into this area, but we can't defeat people. We can't defeat these people here. These Canaanites, they're too big. They're too powerful. There's giants in that land. There's giants in the land. Yes, yes, God was right. Yeah, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Yeah, here's some of the fruit. Here's some of the veg. Look at these amazing things that are in there. But I'm going to tell you right now, we can't defeat them. We can't do it. We can't do it. Hmm? We can't do these things. I mean, not, not, not asking what, what God looked like. No, no, we just look like grasshoppers in their sight. This is the only thing that matters. So I'm going to tell you something, church. We can't fail the test. Listen, church, there's testings that, that's going on all the time. We cannot afford to fail the test. We can't afford to do those things. See, many times God, God will he'll permit you to see things with your natural eyes. Sometimes he'll allow you to see things with your spiritual eyes through visions and dreams. He'll, he'll allow you to see things that are something that you cannot defeat, you cannot conquer. There's nothing, it's a circumstance too big for you to handle. He'll allow you to see these things. Now, why does he allow you to see these things? Not so you go cower in fear and say, we can't handle that stuff. No, it's so you come to the position and say, you know what? I can't handle this. Thank you, Lord, that you're with me. Thank you, Lord, for the promise you gave me. Thank you, Lord, that you're with me. You give me the order. I know you can succeed in this. See, see, this is like, like, you know, uh, like the calling of God, you know, even, even on my own life as when he asked us to, Kimberly and I to jump in the ministry. Listen, we first got saved, you know, God wasn't dumb enough to tell us everything right, right up front. Why? Because it would have, you know, it probably would have cowered us in fear. And what he do? He just continues just a little bit of time, a little bit of a time, a little bit of time, then starts open up your eyes to see what he has for you. But, but see, by the time you mature up a little bit, you, he opens up your eyes not, not to scare you off, right? But so that you lean more into him. You begin to trust more into him. 
Now the things that he shows me now, it's like, good Lord, I know I can't do it. I don't even know if I would want to do these things. But I thank the Lord that I have Holy Spirit with me, and I'm just going to follow his lead, follow his direction, follow what he has for each. And this in church, this is the way it is for all of us. Amen. The more you start pursuing, the more he's going to start revealing. Amen. But he's not going to reveal things for you to, to get you in fear. He's going to reveal things in you. Why? So you can trust more in him. So you can rely on him. You can rely on his word. You can rely on his spirit. Amen. And a lot of things, a lot of amazing things will begin to happen in your life. I mean, see, if you go to the doctor, if you go to the doctor church, and the doctor begins to tell you, you know, an, uh, about an attack, about an assault that the adversary is trying to put upon you, on your child, or upon a family member. Now, if you go to that doctor, now what, what, what is the purpose of doing that? Is, that? is that so you get gripped with fear and you say, oh, oh, you know, you know I, I knew it. I'm going to die. I knew it. You know, my child's going to die. I knew it. This, this or that or the other is going to happen. Amen. Or what, or what, just, what really just happened? I mean, see, thank the Lord that he just opened up our eyes, amen, to see that you're in a battle. See, why? Because, see, sometimes we look at things and you, and you don't even know you're in a battle. You just keep on ignoring, you keep on going about, and you don't, you don't recognize that Satan, he's coming after you. He's coming to kill you, amen, and God will allow you to see something that's sitting right in front of you. Why? So you begin to lean on him. Not that you can heal yourself, but then we can start leaning on the healer, amen, and the healer will come and begin to begin to do what he does. Amen. Completely purge out anything that's not of God. Amen. But see, if we, but if we, if we take that report and we allow, and we allow our eyes, we allow our heart, amen, to, to go into this place of being hardened and we allow doubt and unbelief to get stirred up on the inside of us, you know what happens? You just lost. Done deal. You're done. Hmm? So we got to, we got to make the choice. You know, when we begin to see things, when things get revealed to us, whether in the natural, whether in the spirit, listen, you, you, you're going to have to make the choice. Are you going to get stirred up? Amen. To where you got to go wander out in the, in the wilderness for 40 years? Hmm? Are we going to lean on him? Just like, just like the boys, just like Joshua and Caleb. No, 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 no. I'll tell you right now, we'll go take it right now. Shut your mouth, people. You know, raise up. Let's go right now. Let's go. Hmm? But fear and doubt and unbelief already un overtook these people. Listen, church, we got to get to that place where we exalt his name, hmm? where, we, where we lean into him, we exalt his name over every sickness that's coming against you, where we exalt his name against every devil that's trying to come against you. You exalt his name against every circumstance, against death itself. You can exalt his name, and these things will flee. Amen. But we got to have to lean on him. Why? Because he's just waiting. He's just waiting for someone to, to clean out some of that blockage so he can begin to flow through him. So you can be that vessel that that Holy Spirit can begin to flow through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says they, he goes, he says they, where am I at here? In verse nine, and they tempted me, proved me, and they saw my works for 40 years. I mean, these people, listen, church, they saw, they saw the works of, of the Lord. They saw, they saw his works. They saw his miracles. They saw manna falling from heaven. They saw rocks, you know, pouring out water, which is Christ. They saw the Red Sea get split. They saw the Egyptians die. I mean, they saw not one sick person, which is million, uh, over a million slaves coming out of Egypt, and not one sick among 
womb. Not even, they didn't lose any babies as these people. You know, you know, can you imagine how many babies were being birthed in this time? You know, as you have uh, over a million people, there, I'm telling you, some babies were being birthed along the way. Didn't lose one of them. Why? Because there wasn't one sick among them. Listen, their, their, their clothes, their shoes, they didn't fail. They saw the miracles of God on a daily basis, right? On a daily basis, yet they still couldn't believe them. Yet they still couldn't believe the words that he had to say. Oh, God can do miracles. I believe God, he'll do miracles. He'll do miracles all around us. But will God actually do a miracle through me? Will God, will God use me? Can God do something to me and through me? Can he, will he actually do that? Oh, I know, I know, I know. You know, God, God, can he, can he, can he really heal me? <laughs> can he really use me to heal someone else? Can he really prosper the things I put my hands to? Listen, church, this is where we get into that place where, where if, we, if we begin to trust ourselves and what we can do, listen, we're going to get way off basis. Amen. Because listen, you can't prosper your own self. Not the way he can. You, he can't, you can't. I promise you, you can't heal yourself. There's not a doctor that good out there. Amen. And you definitely won't be able to heal other people through your own power, through your own strength, through, through what you can do. Amen. But you can if we'll submit ourselves unto him, allow him to begin to flow through us. So what were they really denying here? They've seen, they've seen all the stuff. What, what, were they, what were they really denying? Not that God had the ability to defeat the armies. Not that you know, God had, didn't have the ability to defeat the Canaanites and all the other ites in the land. That, that's not what they were denying. What were they denying? That God would defeat them through the Israelites. Hmm? Oh, I know God can do it, but he, I, don't think, I don't believe he'll do it through me. I'm going to have to do this one on my own. What happened? They lost their faith. They lost their trust in who God actually was. Amen. You say, well, when did this happen? I believe it stemmed all the way back to when God called them to be the priesthood. Hmm? How many of y'all know Israel was called to be the priesthood to the world? They denied it. I mean, God said, listen, come, come meet with me. I'm going to meet with my people. Amen. Come meet with me. He came, he came down like a cloud, like the Shekinah glory came down upon Mount Sinai. Lightnings and thunders begin to go off. God begin to speak. And what happened? All the Israelites moved back. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we don't, we don't want any of that. We don't want any of that. You know, you know what? You know what, Moses? You go hear from God. You go get into the presence of God. You go hear from him because that's just a little bit too much for me. And what happened? The Levitical priesthood was birthed. Why? Because him and Aaron were from the tribe of Levi. Amen. But it wasn't just the tribe of Levi that God wanted to use. He wanted to use that whole nation. Amen. And how do I know? Why would I say that? Listen, church is the same way. And today, he doesn't just want to use Island Church. Oh, I'd better get a better amen than that. You know, he wants to use the, the, the Presbyterians. He wants to use the Catholics. He wants to use the Baptists. He wants to use the Methodists. He wants to use every Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. Amen. Why? Because we are the royal priesthood. Hmm? We are the royal priesthood. Not Ryan. Not, not someone that wears a title or someone that wears a collar. No, it's we, the body of Christ. We are that chosen generation. We are the royal priesthood. I mean, it's us. Hmm? It's always been designed that way. It's always been designed that way. So here in verse 10, he says, Wherefore, 
He says, well, let me back up in verse nine again. He says, he goes, for your fathers tempted me, proved me, and they saw my works for 40 years. He goes, wherefore, in verse 10, he goes, I was grieved with that generation and said to them, they do err in their heart and they have not known my ways. I'm telling you, you know, it says he was grieved with that generation. That is probably one of the greatest fears I would have myself is that God looks at me and he looks at this generation and he gets grieved with us because we're not doing the things that he asked because we cannot have faith and trust in who he is. Hmm. I, want, I want to please his heart. I don't want to be a grievance to his heart. I want to, I want to please him and all things that we're doing. Listen, you know, as, as a man personally, I put a lot of weight on loyalty. I put a, I put a, I put a lot of weight of, on loyalty, and I put a lot of weight on honor. You say, why is that? Because I was grown up that way. Amen. But see, once I got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, I found out my God's that way too. And he places a lot of value, a lot of weight on honor. He puts a lot of value and a lot of weight on loyalty. Amen. But see, when you value these things, when you value loyalty, you value honor, you're going to find out you're going to come across quite a few people that are going to grieve you, that are going to hurt you, that are going to harm you. Why? Because they don't value the same things that you do, right? Because they don't value the same things that we do. And listen, this is the same thing that happened with God. They, they grieved God. Why? Because they didn't value the same things that he does. They didn't value the loyalty. They didn't value the honor of, of what he has spoken to them. They didn't value, you know, you know what they valued? They valued their own opinions. They valued their own thoughts above the love of God, above the wisdom of God, above the power of God, hmm? above the loyalty of God. They, they, they viewed those things above this. So what happened? It says they erred in their hearts. They erred in their hearts. These people were led astray by what? By their heart. Not necessarily their mind, it was the heart. Their heart, their spirit man, they got, had an air in it. Listen, their hearts revealed a callousness. Hmm? The hearts revealed a How did their heart reveal a callousness? It revealed it by their words. Why? Because everything we speak, everything we do is an expression of what we believe. It's an expression of your heart. Amen. And what they did when they said, oh, we can't do that. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, 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 those Canaanites, they will do that. But see, what, nothing ever came, you know what never came out of their mouth? But God will. But God can. That, that never came out of their mouth. Why? Because they had a, a callousness. Amen. Their heart got tainted. Amen. Because of doubt and unbelief. And what happens? They begin to walk away from the things of God. Let me tell you something, church. You allow your heart to get tainted with doubt and unbelief. Amen. It will lead you astray from Jesus. Hmm? You say, oh, just a little bit of doubt, a little, little bit. If you permit doubt and unbelief to come into your life, it will lead you astray from the Lord. It'll taint your heart and you'll begin to exalt yourself as an idol, pursuing your own direction, your own wants, your own will. Hmm? All because of what? Simple, a doubt and unbelief. What is that saying? I know more than he does. I don't trust him what he says. Hmm? I don't honor what he says. <laughs> Amen. What's that? You keep on making steps. You keep on walking away. Amen. We need to keep a tender heart. Keep a tender heart towards the things of God. He says, you say, well, how did they err in their ways? How'd their heart get tainted? Well, church, we, 
we, we, we have to grab a hold of this statement. We, we got to understand why. You say, how did their hearts get tainted? Listen, he tells us in his word, he says, because they didn't know my ways. They didn't know my heart. They didn't know my ways. You say, well, how, how did they not know his ways? Hmm? How, how, did, how, did, how did these Israelites, how did they not know the ways of God? I mean, they just saw him do miracle after miracle after miracle, the Shekinah glory. They, they met him face to face coming down on the mountain. They heard his voice that made them start shaking in their boots. How did they not, how did they not know his ways? They had the law presented them to him. They knew exactly what God wanted, exactly what, what God you know, was going to use to bring them into an intimate relationship, exactly what he expected of them. How, how did they not know his ways? They saw his miracles. They saw his protective. They saw the Egyptians coming and he slaughtered every single one of them. They saw his power to feed them from nothing coming out of the sky, water coming from nothing out of a rock. They saw clothes from slave, slave clothes, not, 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 not clothes from Frasers. No, no, slave clothes, amen, that lasted for over 40 years. What do you mean they didn't know his, his will? What do you mean they didn't know his way? What do you mean they didn't know his heart? Hmm. Church, we can get to the place where we know a whole lot about God. We know a lot of facts about him. We know how he likes to do things. Amen. But we don't know him. See, these Israelites, they knew all about God. They knew all the law. They've seen him in action. They've seen these things happen. They knew all about God. They knew all the information about him, but they didn't know him. Why? Because they refused it. They refused that relationship. They, they refused that intimacy. You know, this is that, this is that word that we talk of all the time. And here you say, why? Because it is so important. It is, it is a difference between life and death. You say, what is that? That's knowing him. Knowing him, not knowing about him, not the Greek word oida, not just having information and knowledge about him. No, it's the Greek word gnosko. Having intimate knowledge through personal experience of our God. He says, they didn't gnosko me. They didn't gnosko my heart. They didn't gnosko my ways. They had no intimate knowledge by personal experience of my ways or of my heart. Why? Because they refused that personal experience. They refused that, that, that drawing that God was bringing to them. See, God, you know, he was fascinated with them. He was drawing them to himself when he came to the mountain and they refused it. They said, no, that God, he's scary. That God is not what I'm expecting. You know, if I can get a God come down and, you know, in slave clothes, if I can get a God come down here and, you know, and he get, you know, just wants to have the crack with us, man, that'd be all right. But that God, no, that, that, I don't know about that one. That God's angry. That, that God's angry. I think, I think that God may be mean. Maybe that God is upset. Maybe that God, I don't know if he really likes me. Hmm? Which is all a disillusioned heart. Why? Because they didn't know his heart. See, I get this all the time because I got a really loud voice and kind of a grumbly voice. Amen. I'm very direct when I speak. Amen. People, oh, oh man, right. He, he can be pretty mean. He can be pretty mean. 
You know, he's angry. If you, if you hear the tone of his voice, he's angry. I don't really think Ryan likes me that much just because of the way, of the way I'm, I'm getting spoke at. But listen, church, if you, if, you, if you think that way about me, listen, I'll tell you why. It's because you don't know my heart. Hmm? And just because the way I speak or the way I carry myself does not mean anything against you. It's just the way I speak and the way I carry myself. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's the same way with our God. Amen. We, we, we know how he speaks. Listen, just because he's not exactly how we expect him to be, that doesn't mean, we, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It doesn't mean he doesn't want you. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you or like you or whatever. Amen. No, he's just, he's God. <laughs> Amen. He's going to do things his way. Amen. We got to get to that place where we submit to it. Why? Because we don't want to be like this. We don't want to be like the Israelites. We don't want to be like the church of old. We don't want to be like the dead church. We don't want to be like the, you know, in the dark ages. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to err in our own heart. We don't want to rebel in our hearts because like the church, it costs them their lives. It costs a generation their lives, you know, wandering the desert for 40 years, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Why? Simply because they refused the invitation. I'm going to tell you something, church. Don't refuse his invitation. Hmm? Why? Because that's a callousness getting built upon your heart. Don't refuse that invitation. Grab a hold of it. You want to know God? You want, you want to intimately know him? The only way you're going to intimately know him is through Jesus. It's through the Holy Spirit. You want to know him? You need, you need to start getting to know Jesus. You need to start coming to Jesus. You need to start getting knowledge about Jesus. You need to start learning who Holy Spirit is because that's the God we have down here with us. You want to get intimate with him? Listen, we're going to have to go through Jesus. You know, listen, church, why do you pray? Hmm? See, we, we need to analyze these things. Why, why do we pray? You know, do, do you pray? Do, or do you just pray over your food? Oh, God is great. God is good. Let us thank you for our food. Amen. Now let's eat. Is that, is that what your prayer life consists of? Or is your prayer life consist of, you know, having a laundry list of things you want God to do for you? Oh, God, I need this, 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 I need this. Thank you, Lord. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Or do you need an encounter with him? Or do you have a, a need for Jesus? I mean, do you pray because you need his presence? You know, why are we praying? Why are we studying the word? Because I need to, because pastor says I have to, so I'm going to study it. I'm doing that obligation. Why are we studying the word of God? Because you need to? Are you doing it because you need a sermon? You need a message? I don't know how many preachers I know that only will pick up the Bible and start studying it when they need a message. Amen. It's sad. Hmm? Why, why, why are we studying the word? Hmm? Do you need more knowledge so we can quote things so everyone looks at you like you're super spiritual? Or do you want, because you want a revelation of him, you want to encounter him in the word. You want, you want him to peel back the layers of the onion to where you can, you can see things that you never knew possible because only him's the one that can give revelation. You know, we just sang a song, you know, open the scrolls. How many of y'all know Jesus? He's the only one that can open the scroll. How many of y'all know that he's the only one that can open up the letters? He can only, he's the only one that can open up this scroll to reveal his goodness to you. It's only him. He's the only one permitted to open it. You're going to have to yield yourself into his heart, allow him to open it up to you, but you're going to have to desire it. And then he will, he, you knock, I promise you, he'll, he'll start answering. Amen. We got to knock. Hallelujah. We're we looking on time here. Ah, okay. We'll, we'll start moving that away. He said, because they have not known my ways. He said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. 
They shall not enter into my rest. How many of y'all know rest is not a place? You know, everyone wants, oh, rest. They couldn't enter into Canaan land. You won't enter into heaven. Rest is not a place. Rest is a posture. Rest is a posture. So many of us will not enter into a posture of his rest. Why? Because they don't intimately know him. You want, you want rest? You got to start intimately knowing him. You know, Bill Johnson says, says, says it like this. You know, and I love this quote. He says, faith is, not, faith is not in striving. Faith is in surrender. See how the faith moving. We, we've learned how to strive. Oh, oh, no, these things can't happen unless I confess the word 10 times a day. If I don't read this amount of scripture, if I'm not in prayer for 10 hours a day, you know, if I don't go to 15 church services this week, then God won't be able to answer it. And we, we begin to strive and to begin to strive and begin to strive. But that's not faith. That's called legalism. Right? Faith is in surrendering. Surrendering all to him. Surrendering your relationship to him. You know, surrendering to his words, surrendering to, to his life, surrendering to his correction, surrendering to his love. This, this is what faith looks like. Surrendering your thoughts and your opinions and surrendering all to him. And then you'll find when you've, you'll enter into this rest and you'll stop keeping a journal about about how much I've, I've given and, and now I know how much I've given so now I know God's going to have to give this stuff back to me. Hmm? Oh, I've prayed 15 times, you know, 150 times for this healing in my body. Now God's going to have to do it. You'll stop all that nonsense because you've come at peace knowing my God spoke it, my Jesus spoke it. It's done. It's done. Devil could try. It's done. Jesus has already spoken to me. I know it. I know it. I know it. Why? Because we're not striving. We're in this place of surrender. He says in verse 12, so take heed, brethren. That means beware. Beware, brothers and sisters. Lest there be an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the evil God. Or, excuse me. Ooh, sorry about that, Lord. Departing from the living God. There's an evil heart of unbelief. How many of y'all know that unbelief causes an evil heart? Why? Because it's separated from the things of God. And then what does it say? It will cause you to depart. Amen. He says, be mindful. Don't let a seed of rebellion come on you. Don't, lead a, don't let a, a seed of doubt, don't let a, a seed of, of unbelief come on the inside of you. Why? Because you end up be doing an about face and departing from the living God. I'm telling you, church, this is Christianity 101 that we, that we, need, we need to grab a hold of. And I'll end with these last two verses. He says, but exhort one another daily. Remember what we're supposed to do? Frank, we're supposed to be exhorting each other daily. Right? Exhorting each other daily. Why it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold on to the beginning of our confidence steadfast till the end. We are partakers of Christ. What does that mean? You're a sharer with Christ. You're a partaker. You're a sharer with the anointed king. You say, what does that mean? He is the anointed king. That means he is the one that's been anointed. Amen. The oil of God, the oil of Holy Spirit is upon him. Amen. So if we're a sharer with that, if we're a sharer with him, that means his oil, his anointing, his spirit, amen, will be upon us designed to what? To flow in us and to 
to flow through us to what? To completely transform us into the image of him, into the image of Jesus, into the image of the Christ. Being our sh a sharer, our partaker, we are getting transformed into his image. If. Don't you like that when you say that in the word? The if and then statements. You really need to pay attention to them. Hmm? He says, we are, we are sharers or partakers of the anointed one, the Christ, the anointed king himself, if. Everybody say, if. If we hold on to the beginning of our confidence steadfast into the end. I like, I like how the, the Amplified says it here. He says, for we have become fellows with, with Christ the Messiah and share in all he has for us. If only we hold our first newborn confidence and our original assured expectation. That's powerful. You say, you say, what is he saying here? If we hold on to this confidence like we have as newborn babes, if we hold on to our faith like, like newborn Christians. Hmm? See, doesn't every child, for us that have children here, doesn't every child want to grow up very quickly? And all they, you know, they're, they're Lucy's or Jetta's age. And it's like all they want to talk about is they can't wait till they're, they're, they're 18 and until they can drive a car until they're, you know, 20 something and they can get a job and, and so on and so forth. There are their expectations. I want to grow up. I want to grow up. I want to grow up because they want to do the adult things. Amen. They want to hear adult conversations. I mean, they want to do things on their own way. Right. And listen, as, as Christians, listen, we need to, we need to have a desire to mature up as well. Amen. We, why? We need to mature up. We need to be able to eat meat. We need to be able to do the things that God has for us. Why? Because this is how we lead people to him. We have to mature ourselves up, not because we need to be the, the, the cream of the crop. No, because this is how we, we pull people into the kingdom. We have to be mature enough to do that ourselves. Right? Why? Because Jesus isn't going to do it. And he's calling you to do it. Right, but see, as we mature in the word of God, we mature in the anointing, we mature with the spirit of God, we mature in Jesus getting transformed to look exactly like him. Listen, church, we can never lose our childlike faith, our childlike trust in him. We need to be, we need to be gray-haired and, and wrinkled, amen, matured when it comes to his word and his anointing. But when it comes to believing God, we gotta be just like a baby, we got to be just like when we, when we just got saved. Amen. How many of y'all know when you, when, when you just got saved, what, what did that look like? Amen. It was powerful, right? Now, if we don't stay like that, what happens? We enter into religion. That's where religion, that's why religion has gripped the church. Why? Because we lost that childlike faith because we need to be mature in all things. And that maturity, we just walked right into religion. Mm-hmm. When we, when we first got saved, man, I, I remember even myself, listen, I, I, I could believe, I believe God for anything. You know, he, you know, he, you know, God said it in his word to me. He, he, he'll, he'll prosper. You got, you get just tithe and offer and he's going to do this, that, and the other. I said, Oh, I'm like, I believe he'll do that. You know, he just saved me. I just believed God for the biggest miracle in my life. I got reborn. Why would he, wouldn't he do what he said he's going to do in his word? I start tithing, he started doing, he started blessing, start pouring out fine, start doing amazing things. I'm like, oh, oh, he can heal. God's, he's still our healer. Oh man, I'll check this out. You know, I'm, I'm going to believe God for that. What? And he started answering everything. I started believing God for why? Because I had childlike faith. Hmm? Getting saved is easy. Getting healed, it's easy. Hmm? It's easy. Hmm? If we can have our heart postured 
to have faith like a child. Have a faith like these little ones. I mean, my wife, I remember, uh, and I'll, I'll close up with this. My wife, when she was uh, a wee girl and she got saved and she was young, I was in my, my early 20s and she, she was as a, a wee kid, she'd say, you know, just, just for giggles. You know, she'd get in her closet and she'd be sitting there praying, talking with God. Why? Because, because she knew God existed. She had, she had faith. She, she knew these things, right? And she'd be sitting there just chatting with him and she'd go, you know what, Lord, bring me my cat. Bring me my cat because I want to I pet on my cat. Amen, like a, like a, what a little girl may ask for, right? And what happened? She didn't doubt. She knew, I'm going to ask God. He loves me so much. He's going to do this for me. And what happened? You hear little Paul hitting that door a few minutes later. Why? Because God brought her her cat. Amen. Why? Because she had childlike faith. Lord, I trust you. I believe you. Hmm? I'm telling you, God will do the things that we're asking him to do. He is that good. But we're going to have to stay. We're going to have to stay in that posture of a confidence, you know, uh, hold to the beginning of our confidence or the beginning of our faith. Amen. All the way to the end. All the way to the end. Hmm? Because we get out of this intimate relationship, we get out of pursuing and pushing towards the things of God. And we start trying to be all dignified in the kingdom. You just stepped right over into religion. We need to be mature in his word, mature in his own, and we need to be like a child when it comes in trusting him. Just like Kimberly's talking about, you know, cuddling up in his lap, you know, desire in his presence knowing that he'll come and meet us, knowing he'll show up, and he will 100% of the time. Listen, church, but we're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to contend. And the older we get, the more you're involved with church, the more you're going to get around crusty Christians. Amen. That will try to make you feel stupid for the things you're believing for. Make you feel stupid because you actually think you can talk to God. Make you feel stupid, amen, because you're believing God for healing. Make you feel stupid. Why? Because they've gotten crusty in their hard heart. We have to contend. We're going to have to fight, amen, to what? To stay soft. To stay soft, to, to stay to this place where, where we can be like a, a child. And then what's going to happen? Then you're going to enter into everything that God has for you. Then you'll enter into his rest. Then you're going to enter into his peace. Then you're going to enter into his fullness. Why? Because the entrance into all things is through him. He is. Jesus is the entrance. He's the entrance into all things. Amen. If we'll just allow ourselves to, to move in that direction. Amen. Is that all right for you this evening? Hallelujah. Well, let's pray and we'll dismiss out of here. So, Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness, your mercy. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, just as you're where you are the open door. We thank you, Lord, and all we got to do is knock. All we got to do is pursue that door. All we got to do, Lord, make us be people that are pursuing you. May we be present seekers. Hmm. May we put our, our faith and our trust in the correct things, which is you, not in people, not in, not in things, not in money, not in, not in material things here on this world, but may we continue to pursue you, honor you, worship you, Lord, to where we can enter into everything that you have for us, Lord. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we honor your word. We thank you for this time with, with one another, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for revealing of your goodness. 
continue to reveal, continue to, to unveil yourself unto us, Lord. In 2023, Lord, we want an encounter, a greater encounter than we ever had. Reveal yourself unto us. Reveal yourself by your word. Reveal yourself by your presence unto us. Lord, we thank you for it, Lord. Lord, and as, as is the tradition of our church, as we dismiss, Lord, we, we take a hold of Psalms 91 that no evil will befall us. Neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place. Lord, for you give your angels charge of us. Lord, we trust in that word. We, we're, we're like children. We trust that you are our protector. Hmm? You protect us from sickness. You protect us from disease. There is no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself that shall come against us or harm us in any ways. We are protected. We thank you, Lord, for the righteous labor of our hands. Lord, you tell us, so we put our hands on something, you'll bless it, you'll prosper it. Lord, you've blessed us in the country. You've blessed us in the city. Lord, you bless us in our coming and our going. Lord, we, we are the blessed of God. Why? Because we're your heirs. We're children. We're your sons. We're your daughters. We trust you. We're sons and daughters that desire to stay in the secret place of the Most High, where we can abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So we thank you for it, Lord. Lord, we glorify you for it. We thank you for this church. Lord, we thank you for the, the men and women, the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Help us to reveal that into the people we encounter this week. Help us to be a miracle in somebody's life. Help us to be an absolute terror to the adversary in his kingdom. Help us walk hand in hand with you in everything that we do. Lord, we love you. We glorify you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.